This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Welcome to Easter at Rock Springs Church. It's just a delight to have all of you as we worship Jesus. Now I'm going to share a message that I've never shared. I've never shared. But I am going to share an Easter joke that I have shared. I love to tell the story about the husband and wife that are going to take a trip to Israel. And that wife says, well, the only way I'm going to go is if mom can go too. The husband, he's somewhat reluctant, but he says, okay. And they were going on a 10-day trip, and they'd been over there for about four days. And the mother-in-law literally dies. And the husband goes to the American consulate, and the American consulate said, well, you've got two options. We can bury her. We bury bodies quickly, of course, here in Israel. We don't embalm the bodies. We can bury her immediately for $150. Or you can put her on a plane, and you can fly her back to the United States but it'll be $5,000. And he says, well, no matter what the cost, we've got to fly her back. And that American consulate says, you must have, uh, you must have loved your mother-in-law deeply. He said, well, I wouldn't say that. But he said a long time ago, <laughs> there was a man that died over here. And on the third day, he arose, and I just can't take a chance. Well, happy Easter, and again, thank you for joining us. I want us to look at scriptures in Luke, Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. We're going to talk about Mary Magdalene, last at the cross, first at the tomb. This lady that I've never preached a complete sermon about, things about Mary this week that I never knew before, and I want to share some of those. But in Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, this is what the Bible says, and it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. And Joanna, the wife of Chuzza, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. I love Easter, as I'm sure you do. But granted, this Easter is totally different. It's a different Easter. You know, the, I think about the colors of Easter. I think about Easter lilies. And I, I can't think about uh, the azaleas without thinking about the Masters, the Masters golf tournament and how exciting it was last year. And I was so excited because the first time in 30 years this year I was going to get to go. And I was so thrilled to be able to, to get to go to the Masters for the very first time. But you know, the Masters has been canceled because competition has been canceled. 
I mean, literally, America's pastime, baseball. There is no baseball. There is no athletic events. I'm talking about travel ball. There's, there, there's no travel ball. There's, there's no recreational ball. There's, there's not any of that. Because, see, the, 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 the colors and the competition of Easter have, have changed. I'll tell you something else. The clothing of Easter has changed. You know, the clothing of Easter. Uh, I've dressed up today because I knew I was going to be preaching and it was Easter Sunday, but other people's clothing has changed. I mean, they're literally, some of my staff, uh, some of their Easter outfits this year, it's, it's totally different. They would normally be uh, dressed to the nines and they would be in their best because it's Easter Sunday, but the clothing of Easter has, has really changed. I'm talking about the colors. I'm talking about the competition. I'm talking about the clothing. But I want you to know something else. The community of Easter's changed. We're using some terminology that we've never used before. Social distancing. So rather than families gathering around tables and having Easter lunches and families would get together and they would have Easter egg hunts, I mean, things have changed because of corona and social distancing. But I want you to know, the competition of Easter's changed. Colors of Easter may have changed. The clothing of Easter may have changed. The community of Easter may have changed. But the most important thing about Easter has not changed, and that is the Christ of Easter. Because, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus Christ is the reason for Easter. I thank God for all those other things, but I want you to understand Easter is about Jesus and the fact that we serve a risen Savior. We don't, we don't have a hopeless end. We have an endless hope. And I want to preach about a lady named Mary Magdalene. She's actually mentioned 12 times in the New Testament. She's mentioned more than any woman in the New Testament. She's mentioned more than most of the apostles. She literally, literally was the last person at the cross. <laughs> and she was the first person at the tomb. And I want us to see some things about Mary that maybe you've never, ever noticed before. The first thing I want you to see about Mary is Mary had a grateful heart. Mary had a grateful heart. You know, I'm convinced many times we're grumbly hateful when we ought to be humbly grateful. See, it's during times like these that many times it's give or forgive. But sometimes we need to just pause and say, thank you, Lord for your blessings on me. Somebody sent me something this week. I thought it was so good. It said, what if you woke up today with only the things that you thank God for yesterday? What if you woke up today with only the things you thank God, you thanked God for yesterday? I love to tell that story about the lady that had cancer and her hair basically had fallen out. She gets up one morning and she's got three hairs on her head. And she says, you know, I believe I'll braid my hair today. She gets up the next morning, she's only got two hairs on her head. She says, you know, 
I believe I'll part my hair in the middle. She gets up the next morning. She's got one hair on her head. And she said, you know, I believe I'll wear my hair in a ponytail. And then she gets up the next morning, no hair on her head. And she said, thank God I don't have to do my hair today. Let me tell you something. From the day of your birth to the ride in the hearse, things are never so bad that they couldn't be worse. I want you to understand that it's so important that we have a grateful heart. Now I began to think about why did why did Mary, why did Mary have a grateful heart? I want to give you two quick reasons. Number one, a changed life. A changed life. You know her name was Mary of Magdalene. Because that's where she was from. It'd kind of be like a Benny from McMinnville. I'm from McMinnville, Tennessee. It was Mary Magdalene. But you have to understand something. Magdala was a unique place. It was on the western shore by the Sea of Galilee. But Magdala was famous. But it was famous for what you wouldn't want to be famous for. It was famous for prostitution. And it's highly likely that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. Even if we can't say that emphatically, from Luke chapter 8 verse 2, we can come to the conclusion that she was a very sinful lady. She was a, 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 very, a lady of, a, of great sin because the Bible says in Luke 8 and 2 that Jesus cast seven devils out of her. Now, you know what was interesting? As I studied her, this wasn't a case where she encountered the disciples and perhaps they laid hands on her and, and, and rebuked the demon spirits. No, according to Mark chapter 16, verse 9, she personally, she personally encountered Jesus. Now, this lady of the night, this lady that had de devils and demons inside of her, this lady that every time a man approached her, he wanted something from her. He had an ulterior motive. He had a vile, sinful motive. He had a perverted motive. But then Jesus comes, and Jesus gives her dignity, and Jesus gives her respect, and Jesus gives her love. She had never encountered anybody like Jesus it's, it's always the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. There was something different about Jesus, and she met him personally, and he changed her life. You know, in John chapter 9, there was a man who was blind, and the Bible says Jesus spit into the ground, and then he took the spittle, and he touched that man's eyes, and he said to that man, go wash in the pool of Salaam. And this man goes and washes, and he'd been blind his entire life, and now he can see. The man that had been blind his entire life, now he can see. And some of the people said, no, that's not him. 
That's another man. He says, no, no, no. It's me. It's me. I was the one that was blind. It's not another man. It's me. And, And they bring the Pharisees, and the Pharisees say, well, now this is wrong. Jesus healed on the Sabbath. This is wrong. Jesus is a sinner to heal on the Sabbath. And they said, let's, let's go get his parents. And the man's parents come and they say, well, he's our son. And, and, uh, and, and, and we know uh, he was blind. And then they say to the parents, well, well, how did Jesus do it? And the parents say, he's an adult. Ask him. And that old boy said this. He said, let me tell you something. I don't know if he was a a savior or I don't know if he was a sinner. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. All I know is I was blind, but now I see. I want to tell you something. Jesus Christ changes everything. She had a grateful heart because she had a changed life. But I'll tell you something else. She had a grateful heart because she had a committed life. See, uh, we think that Jesus was followed by 12 disciples. Well, that's true. But look what the Bible says. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city, the village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. Look. And the 12 were with him. Now look at the next verse. And certain women. Not only did the 12 travel with Jesus, but Mary Magdalene and other women. Folks, it it, it only makes common sense (laughs) that 12 men couldn't travel around and take care of themselves. There had to be some women in the picture. And all the women said, Amen. I, I, I love this. Uh, I love this story. It says, uh, In a hospital, the relatives had gathered in the waiting room where a family member lay gravely ill. Finally, the doctor came in looking tired and very sober. He said, I'm afraid I'm the bearer of bad news. As he surveyed the worried faces, the only hope for your loved one is a brain transplant. It's an experimental procedure, very risky, but it's the only hope. Insurance will cover the procedure, but you're going to have to pay for the brain. The family members sat silently as they absorbed the news. After a time, someone asked, how much will a brain cost? The doctor quickly responded, 5,000 for a male brain, 200 for a female. The moment turned awkward. Some of the men actually had to try to not smile, avoiding eye contact with the women. A man unable to control his curiosity finally blurted out the question everyone wanted to ask. Why is the male brain so much more than the female brain? The doctor smiled and explained to the entire group, it's just standard procedure. We have to price the female brains a lot lower because they have been used. I want you to understand something. She lived a committed life. Because if you look at Luke 8, verses 2 and 3, 
She said, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to serve him. After what he's done for me, the least I can do is serve him. And if you look at 8 and 3, she said, not only am I going to serve him, but I'm going to give him my substance. I'm going to give to him out of my resources. See, you can, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. And she had a grateful heart. She had a grateful heart. She said, I'm grateful. I'm grateful because of a changed life. But I'm grateful because of a committed life. And I want to say to you on this Easter, after all the Lord's done for us, folks, what I've learned, most people want just enough of Jesus to get them out of hell. But after all that, they just want fire insurance. But after all Jesus has done for us, ladies and gentlemen, the least we can do is to serve him. The least we can do is to give of our substance. The least we can do is commend ourselves wholly unto the Lord and live a consecrated, sanctified, committed life. I want you to understand something. She had a grateful heart, but I want you to see something else. I want you to see her grieving heart. See, she's mentioned 12 times in the Bible. But after she's mentioned in Luke 8 and 2, she's not mentioned again until we get to John 19 and 25. The Bible says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his Mary and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and look, and Mary Magdalene. Wait, where's Peter? He's not there. Where's James? Where's Thomas? Where's Bartholomew? They're not there. But Mary's there. Mary's there because of what he had done for her. She said, no. I'm the woman he cast seven devils out. I'm the woman that have, has followed him. I saw what he did. I saw that he was the Messiah. I saw that he was the Son of God. So I'm going to follow him all the way. But I thought, her grieving heart and the next few days must have been very difficult. She was there with him the whole time. See, I see her grateful heart. I see her grieving heart. But I'm glad the story doesn't end there. I see her gladdened heart. See, for three days, she was grieving. But I'm grateful that the book of John doesn't end with John chapter 19. It would be sad if the book of John ended with John chapter 19. But as we get on into John chapter 20, we see some things. We see, first of all, the absence of her Lord. Let me explain. When they spit on Jesus... She saw it. When he walked through the crowd and they plucked his beard, Mary saw it. When they tucked those spikes and nailed it through this part of the hand, through that nerve, one of the most painful things that anyone can experience. When they nailed, if, if the nails had gone there, it would have never held him to the cross. It went there. 
When, when she witnessed all of that, when she witnessed the scourging where they stripped him and they took a cat of nine tails and most men didn't live through it and they, they beat his back. Most of the time, the cat of nine tails, nine leather strippings with pieces of bones on the ends of those strippings, pieces of metal, people, pieces of glass that would jerk the intestinal tract out of the body. She saw it all. She saw the six hours that he hung. She saw Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus take his body down. She watched all the way. The Bible says she watched, according to Matthew 27 and 61, she watched till they put him in that tomb. She watched them put him into that garden tomb. And then the Bible says, in John chapter 20, verses 1 and 2, it says, on the first day of the week, Come of Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark into the sepulcher and see if the stone taken away from the sepulcher. She runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved, which was John, and saith unto them, They've taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they've laid him. This impacted Mary in such a way that John chapter 20 says, verse 11, that she just wept. She said, the one who's done so much for me, the one who's done so much for me, they've taken him away, and I don't know where he's at. Now this week, the thought hit my mind. It's Easter, and she's weeping. And it's Easter, and people all around us are weeping. They're weeping for diversities of reasons. Some of the weeping is directly or indirectly connected to the coronavirus. But some of you are weeping, and it has nothing to do with the virus. It has to do with what's happening in your life. And it has to do with what's happening with your family. But God showed me something this week. Apparently... Tears attracts God. Apparently, our tears attract God. You know, the Bible literally says that God takes our tears and he puts them in a bottle. There's a story in the Bible, a man by the name of Isaiah. God told Isaiah, he said, Isaiah, you go down and tell Hezekiah, to set his house in order. That means decide who's going to be in control and plan out his will and plan his estate out because he's going to die. You go down there and tell him that he's going to die because I said he was going to die. He's going to die. And friend, I do believe we're immutable until God's ready for us. I don't believe we have to live a life controlled by fear because I believe when God's ready for us, he's going to take us. People used to say to me, do you worry about traveling around the world and do you worry about being on an airplane all the time? If God wants me, he don't have to have an airplane to get me because you're immutable until God's finished with you. But look what the Bible says. Hezekiah heard this report. 
And he says, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I walked before thee in truth and with a committed heart, a perfect heart, and have done which is good in your sight, God. And the Bible says, Hezekiah wept sore. Hezekiah wept sore. Now look what verse 5 says. Turn again. God said, turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father. I've heard thy prayer and I've seen thy tears. God said, I, I, I heard the prayer, but more than that, I saw the tears and behold, I'll heal thee. And on the third day, thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. I'm so grateful, ladies and gentlemen, that there's a third day. <laughs> I'm so grateful that there was a third day for Mary also. And there's a third day for you because you may be going through a hard time but I want you to know God sees your tears and I want you to know God's going to respond I see the absence of her Lord but I want you to see one other thing I want you to see the appearance of her Lord the appearance of her Lord Mary she was the first one to the tomb and she was the last one to leave the disciples were the last ones to the tomb, and they were the first ones to leave. I want you to look at John chapter 20, verse 12. The Bible says, And seen two angels in white, setting the one at the head and then the other at the feet. Now, I want you to understand she looks down in the tomb, and there's an angel at the head, and there's an angel at the feet. The Ark of the Covenant, when God designed the Ark of the Covenant, he had a cherubim at the head, and he had a cherubim at the feet. The Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, was where the high priest would go in once a year and he would offer up a blood sacrifice for the sins of the people. On the 10th day of the seventh month, once a year, he would offer up a sacrifice. What God was saying is Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ is the sacrifice. My son is the sacrifice. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Now look what verse 13 says. It says, and they say unto her, woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back. And saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposed him to be the gardener. She thought he was the gardener. And she said, Sir, where have you borne him? Tell me where thou hast laid him. And I'll go take him. 
go take him. I'll go put spices on his body. I'll take him. Jesus then looked at her. He said, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, master or teacher. She realized it was Jesus. <laughs> and then he said something to her. He said, Mary, don't touch me. She said, I, I want to cling to you. He said, no, 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 Mary, don't touch me. Because he said, Mary, just as the high priest had to bathe himself and he had to put on ceremonial clothes before he could go into the Holy of Holies and offer the blood sacrifice, he said, Mary, don't touch me. Because, see, Mary, I've got to ascend. I've got to ascend to my Father. And I've got to go into his presence. And I've got to take my blood. Mary, I'll go before the throne of God. And I'll say, Father, I accomplish what you sent me to do. Father, I fulfilled every jot. Father, I fulfilled every tittle. Father, I present my blood here on the mercy seat. Their sins are paid in full by the blood of the Lamb. What's Easter about? That our sins are paid in full in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. But he said, Mary, in verse 17, there is one thing I want you to do. Go to the brethren. Go to the brethren, Mary. Mary, go give the Easter message. Tell them all that remains is blood, blood stains, grave clothes and blood stains. Tell them, Mary, that I have risen. Tell them, Mary, that they don't have an endless hope, but they've got a hopeless end. Tell them, Mary, that they can have life and life more abundantly. Mary had to be perplexed. She said, oh, Lord. She had to think, Lord, in, in the culture in which I live, women are just property. We're just pieces of meat. Lord, in the culture in which we live, in the culture in which I live, women are inferior to men. Jesus, you know the culture in which I live. Women can't even divorce their husbands. But men can divorce women for any reason, even if they burn breakfast. Lord, you know that the Jewish rabbis, 
begin their temple meetings by saying, Blessed art thou, O Lord, for thou hast not made me a woman. And she said, Jesus, you want me to carry the greatest message ever. Lord, are you sure? The one whom you've cast out seven devils, the one whose reputation was terrible. God, you can use me. Go tell him, Mary. Go tell him, Mary. Go tell him, Mary, that I have risen. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. I am so happy today. You said, Pastor, how can you be happy when you're in an empty room? Because I'm celebrating an empty tomb. Because Jesus Christ has risen and Jesus Christ changes everything. I want you to understand something. No matter what you've done, Jesus Christ can forgive you. No matter what you've done, Jesus Christ can take away your sins. No matter what you've done, Jesus Christ can change the trajectory of your life. Jesus Christ changes everything, friend. And that's what I've came to tell you today. That Jesus Christ wants to change you. Friend, he changed me years ago, and he can change you today. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C, you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me. If you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin. And I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord. And forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord. For forgiving me thank you for coming in to my life amen friend congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make and I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling he's a fact this decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations on the greatest decision you'll ever make and thank you for being with us today. God bless you and we'll see you soon.